teaching in the book of Revelation. Now, the last time we were here in chapter eight, it was the beginning of what we call the trumpet judgments. And there were four basic judgments that we saw as each of the angels sounded their trumpets. And the first judgment was a judgment on a third part of the dry land, which means that vegetation was destroyed, which we also know would create greater hunger and famine that's taken place already in the world. The second angel sounded his trumpet and there was a destruction of a third part of the oceans. And this destroyed a lot of the ocean and marine life that was there. So we get a lot of our food source from there as well as many ships were destroyed. A third part of the ships were destroyed in the oceans. And then the third angel sounded his trumpet and that destroyed the fresh water supply from the rivers and springs in the world. And so that causes a lot of thirsting in the world because there was a third of the fresh water in which people drink was taken away. And then the fourth angel sounded and a third part of the daylight hours were taken away. In the daytime, a third part of the sunshine was taken away. A third in the night with respect to the moon and the stars were taken away. And as we look at all of these particular trumpet judgments, these seem to be taking place during the latter half, the second half of the great tribulation. And it answers the question about who will be able to stand the judgments, that is the severity of these judgments, all right? The question was answered in the ceiling of the 144,000, that is, they are guaranteed to survive it. And we will see further indication of this as we move into chapter nine. But what we have to understand concerning eight is, chapter eight, there is an escalation of the severity of these judgments that are taking place, okay? And as we ended chapter eight, there was this great eagle that was flying through the heavens and his last words were, woe, woe, woe. He gave three woes because of the impending trumpets that were still to sound. And as we get into chapter nine, we're going to deal with two of those particular trumpets, okay, which will be demonic invasions. And then that final woe, which will be the seventh trumpet that will open up for us what we call the bold judgments. But for the moment, let's just simply go into chapter nine and let's look at those two impending woes, the fifth and sixth trumpets, all right? Chapter nine. Let's begin. Chapter nine. Then the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star from heaven, which had fallen to the earth and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. So now we first thing we see here is this fifth angel sounding his trumpet, which gives us the next series of judgment, which is a star that is fallen from heaven. Now, this particular star here 
is a fallen angel. That is, this is a demon. This is a demonic spirit, a fallen angel that God is using to accomplish his purpose. Okay. And we can see all of that as this particular angel is given a specific name and it talks about the authority, the domain of power. That's what authority means. The domain of power or activity that something can do. All right. That God allows something to do. The name and the domain of power is given to this particular star. And that lets us know that this is a demon. And as we move greater into the context of what we're talking about, chapter nine, we will see that all of the creatures that are being mentioned here are demons. Okay. But nevertheless, let's get back to the verse. So this particular demon, demonic angel was given the authority over the bottomless pit. Notice he was given the authority. That means that God had given this demonic angel authority over the bottomless pit. Now the word bottomless pit, fritos taste abuso, abusu, and, and that is the abyss, the abyss. That's the idea, the abyss. Now the abyss, if you recall what that is, the abyss is nothing more than a certain compartment, if you'll allow me to use that particular language. It is a compartment in Sheol. Sheol is the place of departed spirits. Sometimes you'll see the generic term used, hell, okay? But the actual idea is Hades or Sheol. These names are synonymous. Now, Sheol, the place of departed spirits, or Hades, same thing, all right, basically is uh, made of four compartments. That is, a segment has to do with the place for men. It is a place of departed spirits for men as well as for angelic creatures. With respect to men, Sheol is divided into paradise, and paradise Paradise is the good place. This paradise was where people went when uh, uh, this was before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have to see for an extended teaching on that, the subject, uh, the, the lesson that I made up on exactly the compartments of Sheol or hell itself. All right. But nevertheless, I'll give you a brief description of it. Now, paradise was the place where good people went where the righteous went into, and this was called paradise. And paradise was emptied at the ascension of Jesus into heaven. When Jesus ascended back into heaven, he emptied out paradise. He took all of the righteous souls of paradise. These were the righteous souls of men. All right. So that's one part of it. Now, the other section of Sheol is the place called Gehenna. This is what we commonly understand as burning hell. This is where all men who do not know God, who don't have a relationship with God, all unsaved people go. And this is a place in where they await in torment. This is a place of torment and where they wait until the great judgment day. And it's after the great judgment day, they'll be given eternal bodies and then they'll be cast into the lake of fire forever. All right. And so the place of paradise 
is one side for men and the place of Gehenna, the burning hell, is the other side for men who do not know God. Now, the other side of Sheol is a compartment for angels, and it has two basic compartments similar like men. The first part, one of those parts is Tartarus. Let me talk about that first. And Tartarus is a place that is a, a place of darkness where angels that sinned in Genesis chapter six, the angels that took form and committed fornication with mankind, those angels suffered a punishment and were bound in chains in a place of darkness called Tartarus. This is a part of, once again, Sheol, the place of the underworld spirit, but this part for angels. And so then there's another part for angels and it is called the abyss. And that's what we're talking about now, the abyss. Now the abyss was a temporary place of confinement for uh, demonic spirits only. And always remember this place for angel confinement. These are all bad angels. Good angels are never confined. Okay. So the abyss was a temporary place of confinement. Now let us go back here. So what we are giving reference in verse number one, the bottomless pit is a God has given a demonic angel authority over to open. That's what the key is for. He has the key to open this abyss place of temporary confinement for demon spirits. And always remember a demon is nothing more than a fallen angel. Okay. And so he has uh, uh, the key to this pit to open it up and release these demons that are being kept in this temporary confinement. Notice in verse number two, it said that the bottomless pit, once he opened it up, smoke went out of it like the smoke of a great furnace. And this lets us know is an indication. If you can recall when Jesus went into the coast of the, 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 uh, the place of the Gesserines, Gesserines and of the Gadarenes, there was a man that met him who came out of the tomb who was full of demons and the demon called himself Legion. The demon knew that Jesus was going to cast him out. And so what he begged Jesus not to do was cast him into the abyss. Now, why am I bringing that up? That he begged him, begged Jesus not to cast him into the abyss because clearly as we see in verse number two, the smoke that came out of the abyss like a furnace, the temporary confinement of these demons is not a place of pleasure. It's a place of torment. So the demon was requesting Jesus, the demons actually, not to cast them into the abyss because even in the abyss, it is a place of great discomfort. Saints, it seems that there's some burning that's going on there, but nevertheless, so let's simply go back to the text of, of Revelation 9. So the angel is given authority with the key to the bottomless pit. He releases these demons from the abyss. Verse number three. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth and power was given them as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, nor any 
but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. Okay, so now we see these demons that are coming as John sees them. And the demons have the appearance of a strange like scorpion creature. And so basically what we have in verses three through five is a description of the appearance of these creatures, okay? The appearance and the authority of the, of the creatures. And when I say authority again, what God was permitting them to do or not to do. And so as the creatures came, they were not permitted. They were permitted to cause injury, but they could not harm, verse number four. They could not hurt the grass of the earth or the green things, that is the vegetation. This is the mercy that we see of God. Why? Already we see earlier that one third of the earth's vegetation had already been destroyed. So God mercifully is not permitting any further destruction of that. But what they were commanded and permitted to hurt was mankind. Now, in their hurting of mankind, verse number five, they could not kill. Their whole job was simply to cause man to suffer. Now, we're going to see the extent of the suffering that God has ordained. Now, now, listen carefully to what I'm saying. God is ordaining. This is from the mind of God. These are the judgments that God is bringing on the world. Okay, this is with intent from God. But nevertheless, we're going to see the intent of that, the degree of intensity of the suffering that they will inflict upon mankind. But let's just simply go back to verse number five. They cannot kill anybody. And so, but they were permitted to torment for five months. That means the infliction of the pain that they brought upon the human race would only last for five months. It had a duration of five months. And then it said their torment was like the torment of a scorpion bite when it bites a man. If you could invent a monster for a horror movie and you've never seen a scorpion before, you would create a scorpion. Oh. These things are nightmarish looking. Oh, look at the stinger on it. There she goes. Ah! Ah! Oh, it's in your arm! Ah! Oh! 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 It's still stinging. Oh, that really hurts. That really hurts. Oh, it's like it's so you. Ah! Oh, that hurts. Oh, it's long tail, big stinger. All right, all right, ready, ready, ready? Just do it. Are you done? Look at the venom on your finger. Dude. That's weird. All right, take it. Dude, that was a good sting. That was a good sting. Hurry up, get it off me, dude. I'm done with it. So these demonic creatures, number one, they could not kill a person. They couldn't kill. However, they could torment. And when they would bite a person, the sting, that means the effect of the bite, 
would last for five months. It would last. So this one sting of it had the severity that it lasted for five long months from a single sting. But now let's continue as we look at the effect of these demonic creatures as they torment mankind. Verse number six. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die and, the, and death flees from them. Now, let's just simply talk about that. Verse number six is, the, is a continuation. It explains what happens when these particular demons afflict mankind, when they sting mankind with those scorpion tails that they have. It says that severity is five is severity of the sting is so great that men will seek death, not find it, long for death, and death flees. What does it mean? It means that the pain and the torment from these particular demonic scorpion-like creatures will be so great that men will begin to pray for death. Now, usually we do everything that we can to escape death, but the severity and the pain from these demonic type scorpions will be so great that people will begin to try to find a way to get out. They want to get out of the pain. That's the whole point of verse number six. They just simply want the pain to stop and they are trying to look, do anything to get out of the pain. And now they begin to try to commit suicide. That's what the verse means. They seek for death. They long for death. So what does it mean? Let, let me guys make you understand it. This is going to be a time of supernatural activity. Judgment. That's why Jesus said the world will be going through things that it has never experienced ever before, and it never will experience such supernatural events again. In this judgment that God is bringing, he has allowed these demons to bite people. This And these things are to be taken literally as we move through the discussion of these events. Unless there is a particular reason not to understand it literally, all of these things should be taken henceforth as literal. But back to the point, the idea is this. The pain is so severe that people are trying to kill themselves. Now imagine this, a person takes a knife, slits their own throat. Excuse me for the graphic uh, example on this one, guys. But still, they cannot kill themselves. They go and take poisonous medication to try to kill themselves. They cannot kill themselves. Imagine this, that a person walks into an ocean to drown themselves and cannot drown themselves. No matter what people do at that time. And here's the point. They are trying to alleviate the pain, the excruciating pain of these bites. But no matter what they do to kill themselves, to escape the pain, God is saying, oh, no, sir, you are not going to die. You are going to live through this excruciating pain 
for five months. Have you guys ever considered, you know, a thing about cancer? And, and when people get into the fourth stage of cancer, and basically it is at a time when it's, it cannot be treated, and all the doctor can do is give them massive dose of morphine to deaden the pain because people are dying from cancer, all right? There will be no injection of morphine or any drug that can keep you from experiencing the pain inflicted by these creatures. There is no, nothing you can do except suffer for five months. All right, enough of that, enough of that. So re remember what we were saying once again concerning the judgments in the trumpets. These things get worse and worse and worse. Again, let's go back again. Remember when the eagle was flying through the heaven? What was he saying? When the fifth trumpet got ready to sound, he said, oh my God, whoa, whoa, whoa. That means that it will get worse. You would think after, notice what we just had, a third of destruction of the planet, that it cannot get worse. That's the whole reason for the ego saying, whoa, 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 in the first place. It's actually going to get worse. And as we move through these judgments, it gets even worse. But nevertheless, let me go on. The appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle and on their heads appeared to be crowns like gold and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like the hair of women and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was the sound of chariots of many horses rushing to battle. They have tails like scorpions and stings and in their tails is their power to hurt men for five months. They have as a king over them the angel of the abyss his name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek, he has the name Apollyon. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still coming after these things. Okay, in the remaining verses, verses 7 through 10, basically all we have is a description of those locusts. And since it's basically narrative, I'm not going to get a lot of explanation. It's self-explanatory, all right? And these, this is the appearance of these demons. Now notice they basically had the appearance of a horse with a crown on his head and the faces of men, hair like women, and they had teeth like lions. And on these particular creatures, the horses itself, it had a, a breastplate and these were winged creatures. And we also see that these were creatures that had an order in, the, in, in how they moved and how they attacked because they are described as chariots and horses rushing into battle and creatures who have a king over them. And, and we'll talk about that particular king. But the point is, even in the demons themselves, there is order 
in the demonic realm. And Jesus himself spoke about that when he talked about Satan does not destroy his own house, that there is order in the demonic realm. All right. And over them, over this particular demon, we see in verse, okay, before we get to that, verse number 10, emphasize once again, the duration, that is God allowed them to torment mankind for five months. The, the pain of the sting would last for five months and this excruciating pain to the which men would be seeking death during that time, trying to kill themselves, but will not be allowed to die for the period of five months. So we see that God has set a cap on this for five months. And in verses 11, we see the name of the king of these demons and his name, it gives both his Hebrew name, Abaddon, and it gives his name in the Greek, Apollyon. It is the same name. It means destroyer. And so, and, and that is a, a right name to be given such a creature because we see that's exactly what's taking place and what he's doing to the human race, destroying, not taking their lives away, but making them suffer. All right. And that's what we see in verse number 12. We see this ends the sounding of the fifth trumpet. The first woe is past and there are two woes coming. And the next two woes will be the sixth and the seventh trumpet. Okay, so now let's talk about the sixth trumpet. So the first thing that we saw was a demonic invasion. That's what that was the that's what the fifth trumpet was all about. Now the sixth trumpet will also be an additional demonic invasion. Okay, so let's get into that. 13. Then the sixth angel sounded. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. One saying to the sixth angel who had the sixth trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great, great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they would kill a third of mankind. Okay, let me just simply stop here and we'll come back and explain it even in greater detail as we move through. So now we have the sixth trumpet sounding and the sixth angel, when he sounds his trumpet, there is a voice that it is heard that is heard from the golden altar. Now, if you recall the go at the golden altar in the fifth seal, in the fifth seal were the souls of the men and women who were killed during the tribulation. These people were killed, remember, from the, th this is the system of the false religious system, from the false religious system, from the peoples of the world, from the Antichrist himself. They were killed during this particular time because of their faith in Jesus. Remember what they were saying to God. Lord, how long until you judge the inhabitants of the earth for killing us? 
What we begin to see here is a response from God. So the point here is this, this particular judgment that we see, that is the sixth trumpet judgment. This judgment is God's response to those people who were at the altar asking for justice and vengeance for the people to the people who took their lives. So here now is God's response. You wanted God to judge them. When the sixth trumpet sounds, God says, fine, I am now judging those, the inhabitants of the world for killing the saints of God. This is why we see, notice, the voice coming from the altar. Who's at the altar? The people who were killed during the tribulation. And what is going on? God is responding to their prayer for vengeance. Okay? And what is exactly is it? It talks about the angel who releases the four angels at the great Euphrates. Now, these four angels, again, are demonic angels. These four angels. Because, and the reason why we know that they are bad angels, demonic angels, is they are bound. Godly angels are never bound. Okay. So these are four demonic angels and notice the location. It says that they are at the great Euphrates river. And this is so near. And I'll show you a map of what this looks like in the Euphrates, Tigris area, in the area near Babylon. And we'll find that this will have great spiritual significance. And I don't have time to get into that, but there is a great spiritual significance to demonic activity in this particular area. We find that Babylon herself arises from this area. And Babylon is the mother of all false religion, which means that in Babylon, literal Babylon, is the center and birthplace of demonic activity itself. Okay? But nevertheless, we don't want to get into that. But with respect to the Euphrates River, this is not, you may see it in some um, so-called prophetic um, books and things of that nature, that this is an attack of the Chinese army because of what's going to be talked about later on. I'm a little premature, but I need to make the point right here. Because of Chairman Mao once stated, that China can raise an army of 200 million. We're going to talk about that in just a in second. Chairman Mao made that point, and a lot of people took from that statement that, and China is in the East, okay? They took that this particular is, is the judgment that's taking place here, that this is an attack of the Chinese army upon the world a 200 million men Chinese army attack on the world. Okay, that is incorrect, and that is not what's happening here. And as we look through the text, the text itself will indicate this is not Chinese. These are not even human beings. These are demons, okay? But number one, the army is not coming from China, is not coming from the east. This particular army comes from the angels that are bound at Euphrates River. 
This is nowhere near China. That's why we know that it's not a Chinese army and not a human army. We'll talk further about that. It's because it comes from the Euphrates area, not China. Okay, so now let's continue concerning these four bound demonic angels and what they do. Verse 15, and the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month, they were released uh, at hour, day, month, and year, which means that, okay, let me slow it down. This event of judgment is already set in the mind of God for an exact time. So God, so it's already set exactly when the month, when the hour, when the day, to the precise moment, God already knows exactly when it is, okay? And John is seeing it. But now let's once again look at the purpose at the end of verse number 15 in the sixth trumpet. The purpose is to kill a third of mankind. Now, without me getting overly dramatic, Remember, in the seal judgment, 25% of the human race was already killed. Then you got all of the deaths occurring through the famine and the earthquakes and the droughts and everything that's going on. And remember when they ran out of water and all of that stuff, it said many people died because the waters were poisoned. And so even more people died. And now you have what? From the remaining human population, a third of those people are now that dead. So if you look at just the numbers, over 50% of humanity can, okay, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but it's hard to fathom. 50% of humanity at this time is dead. You're only at the second woe. The bold judgments have not even ended. And notice what God, the whole point of this thing, from the seals to the trumpet judgments to the bold judgments, judgment gets worse and worse. And already 50% of the population is now dead in this judgment. One out of two people, one out of two people are dead. I, I can't, I can't imagine that. That's why Jesus said, pray that you escape the things that are coming upon the world because the day of tribulation is coming that the world has never seen before. But nevertheless, let me get back to that thing. And so now let's talk about, so we see these, it's a supernatural army. Okay. Okay. But let, let me go back. I'm, let me slow it down because I get excited. The four demonic angels have power. They are given the authority to kill a third of humanity. Now notice too, guys, there's a kind of, huh, I, I don't know, it's almost a little perverse in nature when you think about it. Remember in the fifth trumpet judgment, when those demons struck mankind, they were wanting to die. And God didn't let them die for five months. No matter what they did, they couldn't kill themselves. And notice once the sixth trumpet comes, God says like, so you wanted to die? I will give you death. I'll give you death like you have never seen before. Isn't that almost 
funny like the way that God has done that. They wanted to die. God wouldn't let them die. And now God is just simply killing them through these second demonic attack. But let me finish this thing concerning about these demons. Verse number 16. The number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And this is how I saw in the vision the horses and those who sat on them. The riders had breastplates, the color of fire and hyacinth and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses are like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths proceed fire and smoke and brimstone. And a third of mankind was killed by these three plagues by fire and smoke and the brimstone, which proceeded out of their mouths for the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails for their tails are like serpents and have heads and with them they do harm. Okay. So now he finishes with a description of these demonic creatures and these creatures are different. Now the ones that we had in the fifth trumpet, these creatures were just simply creatures themselves. But in this particular set of demon creatures. We see these demon creatures have demon creatures with men on their back, not human beings, but other demons. It's a, it's a different type of creatures. They got riders. They have riders on their backs. But nevertheless, let's talk about verse 16, 200 million. And, and that's why People jump to the 200 million Chinese theme because they heard that. And this is completely wrong as we look at the description that is given of these creatures. They are not men and this is not modern warfare, but these are demonic supernatural creatures. And that's the description that goes in verse 17 that John saw. And he talked about the appearance of them, the riders that were sitting upon these creatures and the breastplates that pray, breastplates <laughs> that they had a fire and a blue looking and brimstone, a yellowish, reddish looking breastplate. And notice he talked about the horse's head, the heads of the horses similar to the previous one like lions and from their mouth, they had uh, fire, smoke, and brimstone. And it is with this fire, smoke, and brimstone that this time they used to kill a third part of humanity. And this is what they use as well as verse number 19 lets us see that they had serpent, that's probably the scorpion-like tails, okay? And, and uh, they would sting also with their tails. All right. So now we have two supernatural invasions of demons. The fifth came and the fifth uh, supernatural destruction by demons prevented people from dying when they wanted to die. The sixth trumpet came and it killed a third part of humanity. Now for the rest of chapter nine, we will see the response of mankind to the severity of all of these judgments that God is trying to bring. And see if you have to remember, God is speaking through heaven in his judgments, but for the remainder of the human race, it becomes opportunity to repent, listen to these things and respond 
properly to these judgments. That's the whole idea of the judgments that God is bringing, okay? But now let's look at the response, 20 and 21. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. In all of that judgment that God is bringing, and God, think about it, it is supernatural. The world is seeing stuff it has never seen before, and mankind is keenly aware that it's God who's bringing these judgments. But nevertheless, notice the impenitent, unrepentant heart of man. Dear God, soften our hearts. But nevertheless, in all of these judgments, notice it says the plagues, and the word that it uses in Greek is plagas, which we get plagues, which we talked about uh, these uh, uh, people talking today as I'm making this particular video, they're talking about Corona and the pandemic of the of stuff that's going on. They're calling Corona a pandemic. You have not seen a pandemic until the time of the tribulation. So I tell you what, make certain that you know Jesus before this pandemic strikes. And this is not be is not going to be a pandemic created by China. This would be a pandemic created by God himself. But nevertheless, in the greatness of all of these plagues, mankind refused to repent. And notice the rampant nature of idolatry the works of their hand. Notice the worship of demons. And that's what idolatry is anything. Okay. Worship of demons, worship of idolatry. So you'll understand it. Idolatry is the worship of anything as God, as if it is God. Okay. And such idolatry is always energized. The background behind all of this is demons. Demons is the influence. These are the creatures that influence us to worship all these other things. So whether it is, notice, a God of gold, silver, brass, stone, or wood. That's what he means, okay? Or the worship of the demons themselves. That means you have a willful worship of demons. Wicca is the worship, that witchcraft, stuff like that, is the worship of demons. So, but the whole point that I'm trying to stress is this. The worship of anything apart from God is idolatrous and demonic worship. And men are continuing to worship demons during this time. Now, something else that's interesting to see is this. The, the reason why the Bible brings it up is there is an increase in the worship of demons. You know what, guys? I would really love to get into, uh, to digress into that subject, but I can't at this time because I'm talking about Revelation 9. But if you want to understand spiritually 
why we have a departure from God in our country, because there is an increase. There is a spiritual movement behind the scenes of this world with the worship of demons. In order to worship demons, you have to get people to reject the true God. Don't pray. Don't keep God out of the public circle. Keep God out of the schools. Keep God out of the government. Keep God out of business. Keep God out of people's job. Keep God out of everything. And when, when, whenever there is, uh, 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 God is re ejected, ejected from the culture, it creates a vacuum. And when I say a vacuum, men always have a desire to worship something. So when the true God is rejected from society, men will begin to worship those things that are no gods. Actually, I'm talking to you guys from the early chapters of the book of Romans, when men began to worship the gods of their own hands, or as we see here, demons. So if you want to even see what's going on here, as we now have rejected and are ejecting God from our society, we are doing nothing but setting ourselves up for the worship of these demons. And that's what verse number 20 is trying to say. Demon worship grows. Can you imagine that? People know that God himself is bringing the judgments on the world, but even though God is judging, people are giving God the finger. They're literally giving God the finger and saying, we gonna still worship these demons. But here's what's so interesting too, guys. It's these demons, notice, fifth trumpet. These are the things that are killing them. The demons came and did what? It stained them and they were wishing that they could die. The sixth trumpet, the demons came and just decided by having the authority God gave them and killed a third of them. So notice the very thing that people are worshiping are the very things, the demons that are killing them. It tells us something about the perverse mind and heart of unregenerated people. But nevertheless, let's finish verse 21. And not only that, it shows something else that was rampant, that becomes rampant during the tribulation. They didn't repent of their murders. Always remember, when the Bible brings these things up, it means it's, good. it's going crazy. It's getting more and more of this stuff. If you think murder is ridiculous nowadays, you don't want to be here during that time. Murder is becoming commonplace. You will live in absolute fear. That's why the Bible is bringing it up because murder is, is going crazy now. Murder, and then it says, let me bring your attention here, sorceries. Now, sorceries is related to demon worship, but the actual word that is used here is pharmacone, pharmacone from the which we get the English word pharmacy. That's what our word pharmacy, which means drugs. Drug abuse will be rampant as people are trying to use all kinds of drugs to medicate themselves, to escape all this craziness that's going on. So if you think that, that and I'm not familiar with drugs to crack and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that people do use. 
but we see it all the time, the rampant drug use in our country. You have not seen nothing yet. Drug abuse will be off the chain at this particular time as people are trying to escape. Then it said what? Because I'm too long, but I got to drive the point home, guys. Their immorality, that means all kinds of sexual perversion will be taking place. So you think that it is gone bad now with the fornication, everybody sleeps with everybody. You can have sex with everybody. In California now, they're trying to ease in the legality of having sex with children. They're trying to make that legal nowadays. You turn, look on Netflix and they're trying to sexualize uh, young 11 year old girls in the movie Cuties. And if you think that it's bad, you have not seen that. So all of these descriptors that are being given here, what we see is this, as the hand of God comes harder and harder on humanity because of their wickedness, humanity sinks further and further into wickedness. And in all of this, you know what you can say about what God is doing to the world? You know what you can say about the judgments of God? He is righteous. God is right in everything that he is doing as he brings judgments to the world. All right, guys, thanks for joining me on that one. Come back again as we continue to talk about that seventh and final trumpet that will open up into the worst and most devastating effects of all, the bold judgment. Have you subscribed yet? What are you waiting for? Subscribe.